This is the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast with Charlie Badwini. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Breath of Fresh Jets podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Badwini, and this is your number one stop for all things Jets content and news. The Jets got blown out yesterday, 45-17, to their division rival, the Buffalo Bills, at home at MetLife Stadium. An absolutely horrific showing for a Jets team that has given up 45 points three times in the last four weeks combined, and things are not looking too bright right now for this Jets squad. Um, We're done with the the difficult part of the schedule. This back nine is going to be a bit softer. Got a home game against the Dolphins next week, then we go to Houston, Play the Eagles, the Saints, Dolphins again, Jacksonville, Tampa Bay, and Buffalo. And that's the last of the season, back nine. And um, I'm hoping the Jets can, you know, pick up some wins here down the stretch, build on this for the future. But clearly, this team is not going anywhere for the moment. And I think it's time, instead of harping on this horrific, terrible loss that killed the Mike White magic... I think we just look ahead to the future. Let's look ahead to the draft because the Jets have a shit ton of draft picks coming up. We've got two first round picks, our own pick, and then the Seattle first round pick we got in the Jamal Adams trade. Two second round picks, our own second round pick, and the second round pick from Carolina we got in the Sam Darnold trade. Our own third round pick, and two fourth round picks, both of which don't belong to the Jets. The first fourth round pick belongs to the Panthers, once again from the Darnold trade. And a fourth-round pick from the Vikings that we got in the Chris Herndon trade. That's going to be five selections in the top 100 uh, picks in the 2022 draft. So this is going to be a really big deal, especially for the Jets going forward. This is going to be a monumental draft class to supplement this roster and bring in more cornerstones like Elijah Vera Tucker, like Elijah Moore, like Michael Carter. It's going to be a really big draft for Joe Douglas. And I'm not too concerned about his drafting. Douglas's weakness as the GM of the Jets so far has been free agency. He's been known to penny pinch and not really splurge on any big names at all. So uh, let's get into some of these some of these draft picks and what the Jets could do with them. So as of right now, we're just going to focus on the first round because there's not a lot of... I mean, everyone knows who the top prospects are in college football right now. The deeper draft picks, like third, fourth round picks, that's not really... Uh, People don't really know about those kind of prospects until we get closer to the draft because that's when people start doing really deep dives on like all these prospects and whatnot. But I've highlighted a couple guys who I think the Jets should be targeting in the first round. And as of right now, the Jets have two top 10 picks. We have the third overall pick because we're terrible. And Seattle currently holds the seventh overall pick at three and six. Now, I don't know how, how much longer that Seattle will be in the top 10. Russell Wilson just got back yesterday, his first game back from injury. I'm sure they'll win some games down the stretch, but I'm hoping that stays in the, the, uh, the top, top 15, top 16 range. But we'll see how Seattle finishes their season. So if the Jets stay in the top three, there is one player that they absolutely must draft. His name is Kayvon Thibodeau. He is an edge rusher out of Oregon. And in the 20, in last year in the 2021 draft, there was no like uh, generational pass rush, pro, uh, pass rush prospect like like Chase Young in 2020 and Nick Bosa in 2019. But Thibodeau is is that guy. He is he's been dominating at, in uh, in college football at Oregon ever since he came into uh, came into school. He's six foot five, 250 pounds, and he's just an absolute freak in nature uh, on defense. 
In my research, one thing I found that Thibodeau can improve upon is at Oregon, Thibodeau has really relied on his speed to win his, his pass rushing matchups, and that's not something that really works in the NFL. You have to really be powerful. You have to be able to knock down opposing offensive tackles, guys who are 300 plus pounds and all muscle. But I think that's something Thibodeau can absolutely work on, and he's just an absolute can't-miss prospect. It's possible if the Jets don't have the first overall pick, he won't even fall to them. I could see the Lions taking him at first overall. I could see the Texans taking him second overall. But if he's there at three or wherever the Jets are picking, he's a must-pick guy. I mean, the Jets' defensive line has been their strong point on defense this season, but pass rushing has been a weakness. Without Carl Lawson... Uh, the, the first first couple weeks, the Jets were really getting to the rusher. Since then, deep, uh, opposing offenses have really figured out how to handle this Jets defense with quick passes, get the ball out fast, screens, and that really just is it it it, it neutralizes our pass rush and picks on our weak point, our our linebackers and safeties. And that gets me to our next prospect. Actually, real quick, just um, imagine a defensive line with Carl Lawson on one edge and Kayvon Thibodeau on the other. That's just, that's terrifying. And I think that's something that Robert Sala is salivating over. And I think it's just a, a, a can't-miss opportunity. And if, if Thibodeau falls to the Jets wherever they're picking, they absolutely need to take him. But back to the safety. Kyle Hamilton is a safety out of Notre Dame, right? He is six foot four, 219 pounds. And he is one of those guys that's like a hybrid safety linebacker, can cover any stretch of the field, hard hitter, one of the a top ten player in in this draft class coming up, absolutely. He's one of those like uh, uh, Derwin James, uh, Jeremy Chin, Jeremiah Owusu Karamoa, just an absolute stud on defense, and you can put him wherever you want. And he's just a defensive weapon, very similar to Jamal Adams, but better coverage skills, absolutely. Safety is going to be a big area of need for the Jets this coming off season. Marcus May is mo more likely than not. Not going to be not going to be resigned by the Jets. He'll probably walk in free agency. Uh, Ashton Davis has not been taking the steps up that he is needed to in his second season so far. He's been pretty pretty abysmal to say the least, especially in that Bills game yesterday. Getting PTSD just thinking about it. But um, Lamarcus Joyner was supposed to be a big part of this defense this season, and he went down week one with an injury, which was really really upsetting. He was going to be uh, very helpful for that back end of a, a veteran in the uh, in the secondary, but. Uh, Kyle Hamilton is a player that I think Robert Sala, like, like, like I said before with Thibodeau, could be salivating over to get his hands on, to use him in game plans. And The best part about Hamilton, too, is he is more likely than not to be available whenever the Jets pick in the first round. And that depends where their, their uh, number one priority is at. That's not, that's not something that we'll know. That's something that's going to stay behind closed doors with Joe Douglas and Coach Sala and whatnot. But... Uh, Hamilton could be an absolutely fantastic piece for this defense going forward. In doing research for him, I haven't found any weakness to his game. He's a high-character guy. Grades are fantastic. He, the, the, the Notre Dame coaching staff has asked him to do everything on defense, cover, tackle, everything, and he just does it to a T. So I'm, I'm really hoping he's there with one of the Jets' first-round uh, first picks, and I think he would be an absolutely fantastic addition to this defense. And uh, a, a piece that, that we can build upon, a, a, a captain, a, a leader type guy. And I, I, I'm just talking about him, I'm, I'm falling in love with him. And I, I hope he's there for the Jets come April, but that's a, that's a long ways away. And yeah, so let's move on. So we all know how much Joe Douglas loves his offensive linemen, especially in the first round. He picked Mekhi Becton in 2020, Elijah Vera Tucker in 2021. And in 2022, there is another elite prospect 
uh, available for Joe Douglas potentially in the top 10, 15 rounds. And that is Iowa center Tyler Linderbaum. And he is one of the best center prospects that a lot of these, these uh, outlets I'm reading have ever seen. Uh, Iowa is known for, for churning out elite offensive lineman prospects. You've got guys like Brandon Sheriff in Washington, Brian Bulaga, right tackle for the LA Chargers. Um, Tristan Wirfs in Tampa Bay came out in 2020. They, they're just they're, they're known for having these elite offensive tackle prospects, and Tyler, Tyler Linderbaum is next on that list. One of the Jets' biggest weaknesses on the offensive line has been their interior. Greg Van Roten has been absolutely horrific. He's allowed the most pressures of any guard in the NFL up to Week 10. Connor McGovern is serviceable, but still not very good. So Linderbaum, if, if the Jets draft him, slides right in, into center. I'm hoping the Jets cut Van Roten. <clears throat> and then if they still owe McGovern some money, I haven't taken a look at his contract in a little bit, but he can play some guard. So why not just draft this guy, stick him in at center. He's your Nick Mangold. He's your franchise cornerstone at, at, at center for the next 10 to 15 years. And you can work with uh, right guards in free agency and whatnot if McGovern's not up to snuff anymore. Linderbaum is 6'3", 289 pounds, and he is just pure toughness. Pure toughness. I watched one quick highlight reel, and all he does is pancake people. He, he on, on run blocking, he gets to the second level, and he's able to take down two or three guys along the way with him. He's just absolutely fantastic, I think would be such a, a, a help in the run game that has been pretty abysmal for the Jets this year. And he's, he's just the kind of, another, another the, the kind of guy that you want in the locker room. He's a leader. He's been a captain for Iowa for the last two years, and he plays at the highest level possible in college football. Through my research, the only weakness I've really found with Linderbaum is his weight. Not, not that he's overweight, he's actually underweight. It's, it's, it seems like the, the, he still needs a bit more, uh, he, needs, he needs to put some more pounds on, uh, make him an even more powerful run blocker. I, I think his pass protection is, is his, uh, his strong suit. In high school, he was 53-10 and 10 as a wrestler. He was an accomplished baseball player, and he threw 54 feet in the shot put. He didn't just participate in all these sports. He he dominated at the highest level in all of these all of these different athletic uh, competitions. And he's just the kind of guy I think the Jets need absolutely on the offensive line. And he's one of those guys that if he's available when the Jets are picking, I don't see how Joe Douglas can pass on him with his love for elite offensive linemen. Next up, we have a cornerback prospect, Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. Stingley is uh, the the top-rated cornerback prospect in this draft. At the moment, he plays for LSU, which is uh, also sometimes known as DBU because they produce a lot of great defensive backs. Through my research, I found that he is the, the best press man coverage guy in college football at the moment. He does a terrific job getting his hands on receivers at the line of scrimmage and disrupting the timing of their routes. He's able to jam tight ends and, and receivers and running backs at the line to slow down their routes. And he is fast and fluid in transitions. And he plays the game with uh, the perfect angles getting to guys, especially when they break free. Some cons I found out, well, uh, he, he's, he's susceptible to allowing easy separation on inside releases and quick slants, which fits perfectly with the, with, uh, the cornerbacks the Jets have right now. But uh, sometimes he's a little too eager to get the tackle. And sometimes he misses a few hits. But... Other than that, he's a great coverage guy, and I think that's really what the Jets need right now. He can develop into all these other things that he's missing at the moment, but I just think if uh, Sala and Ulbrich and company got their hands on this guy, they can mold him into a number one true lockdown corner, and I think that's what the Jets need so bad and haven't had since the, the prime Darrell Rivas days. 
Finally, the last prospect we'll talk about is a wide receiver out of Ohio State, Chris Olave. Olave is six foot one, 189 pounds. He's currently a senior at Ohio State. He could have came out last year, but he decided to stay, which was I thought was pretty confusing at the time. He was projected to be a first-round pick, probably like a late, early second-rounder. But he's back, he's increased his stock, and he's definitely going to be at least a mid-first-round pick in this year's draft. Now, I know what you're thinking. We don't need receivers. we got Corey Davis, we've got Denzel Mims, Elijah Moore, Jamison Crowder, Keelan Cole. But Crowder and Cole are both... Uh, on one-year deals at the moment. I mean, they're both ex contracts will expire at the end of the season. So the Jets are going to be needing playmakers on the outside for Zach Wilson if they want him to keep developing. I mean, look at the Bengals. They drafted, uh, well, obviously they drafted Joe Burrow in 20, 2020, and then their, their second-round pick that year, they drafted T. Higgins. This past draft, they, they took Jamar Chase fifth overall when everyone was screaming at them to take Penny Sewell. And look how it's worked out. Burrow looks great this year. He's, he's got so many weapons to throw to because his guys are always getting open, getting separation because they have so much talent at wide receiver. The Jets need to invest in the wide receiver room because that's the only way your quarterback gets better. When he has multiple weapons everywhere and every play, every snap, there's always someone for him to throw to. And I think that's just such a big part of the puzzle that a lot of teams don't see these days. Not not only like like with Sam Darnold and the Jets, they never drafted a receiver in the top two rounds after they drafted him. They, the only guys they brought in were guys like Brashad Perriman and and Jamison Crowder. Like, you need to get a guy like Olave who is a bona fide wide receiver one, and just let let him go to work. Let let him develop together. Let him let him work and build that chemistry. And the 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 fruits of that labor will will bloom or blossom or I don't even know what the hell I'm trying to say there, but. Back to Olave, uh, he is as athletic as they come. He's a former high school sprinter, and he's fast as hell. He's only six foot one, 189 pounds, so he can move. He's got incredible football IQ and spatial awareness. He does a great job finding soft spots and opposing defenses, and his awareness helps him complete catches in tight situations while remaining two feet in bounds. Uh, he's been used in multiple alignments across his career at Ohio State. He play, plays in the slot outside. Anywhere the offense wants to put him, he can play there. One of the only weaknesses to his game I have found in research is his, uh, his physicality. He's not a great uh, run blocker, which doesn't sound like a massive problem uh, at the college level, but in the pros, wide receivers are expected to run block. And if he can't do that, I, ha I have a hard time finding how he'll make his way onto the field multiple, uh, for multiple snaps at a time, especially his rookie year. But if he can put on some pounds, hit the gym, get up to, I don't know, maybe over 200 pounds, he, he could be a real difference maker for the Jets and any NFL team for that matter if he gets drafted in the first round. So that's five prospects at, I think, the Jets' biggest areas of need. Uh, we, we covered offensive line, defensive end, uh, safety, cornerback, wide receiver. The only prospects I couldn't find for a big area of need was linebacker. There's not a lot of uh, top top linebacker prospects in this coming draft, but I, I don't I don't see why the Jets can't find anybody in free agency or in the later rounds to supplement that position, especially with CJ CJ Mosley coming back for another year and uh, Nazrul Dean and Sherwood developing going into year two in 2022. But uh, I, I, it just sucks that we're looking at draft pros, prospects at midway through November. It's just classic Jets season over before Thanksgiving, but. Um, I'm really excited for next week. I'm hoping Zach Wilson is fully healthy and able to return against the Dolphins. I think it'll be a really good game. The Jets, are, I, they should be reading their press clippings of how bad they've been on defense, especially the past couple weeks. And I'm hoping that Sala and company 
cooks up a special game plan, and the Jets are able to take care of business against the Dolphins next week at MetLife. So thank you, you guys for tuning in. Depending how the Jets play this weekend, I guess we can maybe do talk about some mock drafts next Monday, but uh, hopefully it doesn't come to that and the Jets are at least somewhat competitive and I can talk about the game next Monday. So uh, I'll talk to you on Thursday, maybe even Friday for Week 11 Picks Pod, and see you then. You've been listening to The Breath of Fresh Jets with Charlie Badwee.